Oh, hi, everyone. It's time for another exciting episode here on The Wrestler Review. My name is John Hastings. And I'm Dylan God. How are you guys? Oh, what's that noise? It's because we're jiggling because it's jiggly delight. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's fat on this one. Every- not us. Not us because we're not fat. We're quite thin. I just went for a run. You went for a run? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I told you that. I'm so sorry. No, it's my new character on the show, which is guy who lies but immediately takes it back. Okay. Hey, John, how are you doing? I'm bad. Okay, well, then you're supposed to take it back immediately. I'm actually doing really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to be really uh, not even like uh, over stuff that's interesting, just general lying. Nice shoes. Thanks. No, they're not. They're sandals. Do you ever know? Have you ever known anyone who like would just sell? I heard that I had. There's a guy who I went to elementary school with named. I'm not going to say his name because you have to edit. You say full names here. Mike Sove. Uh, Mike Sove changed his name to Mike Winters, and he would just straight up um, say lies that didn't make any sense. Like he'd walk up and be like, "Yo, yesterday I did laundry," and then like, "Yeah," and then like later, like seven later that day. Later that day, no, this is like when we were like 12. Oh, okay. He'd be like, you know when I told you about I did laundry? I fucking didn't. <laughs> and I thought he was the only one that did that. And then I was listening to a podcast and Jewish comedian Ari Shafir did that. And then I looked it Why up. Why does it matter that he's Jewish? That's how he likes to be described. And um, I looked it up on the internet. That's two strikes. That was all. <laughs> and then what do I get? Two strikes for being Jewish and being comedian. Oh, two strikes against him. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Don't like it. Don't care for it. Uh, and uh, and it's a sign of sort of stress and trying to deal with a situation you're not happy in. Oh, really? Is you just say random lies and take them back. That's interesting. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying. Yes, it is. Boom. Got you with my new character. Oh, a bag, wow. a Really lured, lured me in. I, it's that SNL formula. I paint a picture with words. You know who painted a picture with his ass? Yokozuna. Oh, what? That's why they call you Segway God. Oh, that'll be one pound fifty because you're hopping on the Segway. Thank you. <laughs> I hated that. <laughs> um, uh, Yokozuna, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Yokozuna, he was the first wrestler I ever stole from because when one time when I, I think I've told this story on the show already, but I was being bullied by a kid named Chris Mason, and I uh, he revolutionized how fat kids got bullied in the yard. I bonsai dropped yeah, Chris Mason on his fucking one hundred and eighty percent. You bonsai dropped him off the bench in the baseball diamond. Bonsai dropped that fucking cunt. Broke his retainer that was in his pocket, and then he said his dad was going to sue my mom to get the money for the retainer. That's what a piece of shit his dad was. His dad called my mom to get money for the retainer, and my mom told him to go fuck himself. <laughs> Good. I remember that. I remember being ten years old, and for the f- like, I was like, "Yeah, you fucking go, mom." Yokozuna had a fucking sweet move set. Yokozuna, I didn't was realize an amazing how wrestler for the size of him. I didn't realize how young he was. When he was in the Fed for well, his first run. It's the interesting thing when you're deadly obese. He was a, a, a obese man to the point that he, he was, was like the only guy they didn't gimmick the weight of. Mm. Because he could have lost, he could have lost like 100, 200 pounds and still been. The simple fact that he gained weight 
is shocking. It's when you insane. look at him from WrestleMania 10 to WrestleMania 12, he is noticeably larger, and that's frightening. Like you don't, I don't remember noticing it as a kid because I was watching it constantly. So he just slowly ballooned. Yeah, but you look back and you're like, "Fuck me!" So, like imagine, imagine the shits that guy had. <laughs> <laughs> Because the thing with being that fat is you're not shitting a lot. You're retaining most of the uh, the food and stuff. You're so gummed up. Oh, it's just got to be horrendous. Well, Bret Hart talks about it in his book, but it's like if Yokozuna didn't have like two two liters of... Diet Coke. Yeah, then he would flip out. Yeah, and he smoked all the time. I was smoked? A- yeah. Oh, my God. Also, here's another thing that's crazy. I think Bret Hart smokes. Cigarettes? Yeah. Nice. But then, isn't that just like you're like? Didn't you just have cancer? Yeah, I smoked it out. Yeah, but here's the thing to remember: like he beat cancer while smoking. That's pretty. Here's cool. the thing to remember about Brett the Hitman Hart: he is part of the Hart family. <laughs> yeah. Who are literally just like if you ever want to know what Canada actually is, read about those people. It's like one successful guy, and then eleven just idiots. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's really funny. And 11 people trying to figure out how to get... I remember... I don't know if I've ever told it, this story in the show, but all right. So the, in the in National Hockey League, there's the Stahl brothers. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know the name. They're like, a, they're like a dynasty of uh, like one man with his magic dick created five NHL players. His wife had nothing to do with it, and I'd like to say that. Women don't matter. <laughs> Good. All right. Um, and uh, Dylan, but Dylan, our opinion on women is duly noted on the internet. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, the one lady listening to this. Yeah. Or I hope I hope we have a bunch of feminist wrestling fans. Rock and roll, girls. Yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> that's somehow I'm hungover. And that that's somehow was the most offensive thing that's been said on this show. <laughs> and we've said some horrible things. Was just you condescending. Rock and roll. Pardon me, slits. Hope you enjoy <laughs> this music that's for men. Men, <laughs> men with cocks and jobs. Goddamn right. The only pay gap I see is your cunts. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Natalia's the only real women's wrestler. And yeah. she's a man. The, um, only, the only real woman's wrestler is when Santino Marella dressed up like a woman. That's the only time I recognize that belt. <laughs> but Poor but, Harvey Whipple. That belt has been held by a surprisingly large amount of men. Oh, yeah, because Vince McMahon was like, eh, it's a joke belt. Chicks don't matter. Yeah, women? We... <laughs> Like, Can't spell women without men. Yeah, like man's winning the title. Like, like Linda. Like would Linda, a weak man. That's <laughs> <laughs> like Linda. So just a weak, a bad actor. We have a bad actor's belt. A fat, a fat man. A man yeah. with fat parts on his chest. A, a Don't man like with a penis so small it goes in. <laughs> Don't like it. Not in my ring. Don't don't want it. Someone called don't. Toots. <laughs> Toots, by the way, was his dad's promotions partner. It was a guy named Toot. <laughs> and I just and literally in all the interviews, all of these wrestlers will like talk about like Mr. McMahon, and then just a guy named Toots. <laughs> <laughs> McMahon and Toots. All right, and then uh, all right. But make, anyway, the make stall- your point about the tell your star brother story. Then we'll talk about Yokozuna. <laughs> then we'll make a lot of uncomfortable fat death jokes. Then break. More uncomfortable fat death jokes. <laughs> We're over. Don't. 
you they don't just say what's going to happen in the movie when the movie starts. I know. Anyway, I'm, uh, really, I'm really excited for this movie. The stall. So the stall brothers uh, are like all millionaires because they're professional athletes. Uh, but we hung out one summer with the stall cousin, who oh, was some no. <laughs> Twenty-year-old dude who's like just basically leeching free beer off these seventeen-year-olds, which was us. So we gave him some beers and whatever. And his whole how his old whole, was he? Here's the okay. He's like he was like too old. He was like I'm gonna look, he's like twenty-two. I was about probably. to say I was gonna say ballpark twenty-two to twenty-five. Yeah. yeah. At least uh, he had some sort of car that could have been nice, but wasn't taken care of. Vague smell of cigarettes constantly. <laughs> I can even tell you the brand Export A. He was a handsome guy. Was he? Straight up, handsome guy. Because his whole dream was to be on blind date. He was <sighs> moving to LA to be on blind date. <laughs> <laughs> and he's uh, and then he was like, uh, well, boys, what party are we going to do tonight? And I was like, I don't know, man. And he's like, because I want to go to a party with some pussy at it <laughs> so I can show up at the party. And eat their pussy. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and I started laughing really hard. My friend Todd was like, "Don't laugh at him. He's a, st- he's a stall cousin." <laughs> Just the way he dipped into like, "I'm gonna show up at the party and eat pussy." <laughs> like, you're gonna show up. And then just uh, and one, a woman's gonna see you, and then you're just gonna tear her pants off, start eating her pussy in the middle of the party, and everyone's just gonna be like, "That's what happens. That's a stall." This party. is what's happening now. <laughs> this the mood has changed. He's looking at the other. I didn't. I didn't write, <laughs> eat your pussy now. I didn't. I didn't write. Uh, all right, let's talk about a member of the bull, uh, the BSK. What? The fucking Bones, what is it? The Bones Skulls crew, Undertaker's backstage gang to rival the Click. There was him, Yokozuna, The Godfather, Paul Bearer. Jesus Christ! Like literally, like the guys you'd want in an actual fight. You wouldn't want that. Yes, you would. Just the Godfather and the Undertaker in a Yo, fight. Yo, we're about to have a brawl. Where's Paul Bear at? <laughs> Paul Bear is Where's not Percy what? Pringle? There's, there's more. Percy. You know, but <laughs> Percy Pringle would be a Let devil in a fight. Let me cock. He'd be a devil in a fight, not because as soon as you get knocked out, he's running after you naked. And you're like, oh, so many folds. Re- just real fucking someone. <laughs> uh, yeah, Percy gets the pussy, even when it's butt Paul Bear, when he stopped wearing the makeup and he just let his hair like normal when they like burned his face, that whole thing. Scarier. He was so frightening. He's a bizarre looking And we just talked about being Kane's dad. He's my seed. <laughs> oh, yeah. When they let, because that was the thing. He's a creepy, like everyone backstage said that Paul Bear is like a super, one of those super creepy dudes who was always talking about sex, like <laughs> always talking about sex. And uh, when they let him like in the Attitude Era, just be like, oh, talk about sex. He was like. Oh, I'm prepared for this. <laughs> Fine. But I don't think my the audience is. Oh, yes, my dream job. Yeah. How much of a yeast infection have you ingested, road dog? <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to leave now. Oh, no, the rest of this segment's just me with pictures of yeast infections. Not from the internet, from my own collection. <laughs> He's super uncomfortable. <laughs> I can't even look at you. That but this is like so gross. Because well, last week we did Barry Windham, which was <laughs> walking in with a huge blind spot. 
But I feel like we should get a track because Yoko, I think Yokozuna is one of the better wrestlers. Yoko- it sounds weird, but like he has, if you look at Yokozuna's moveset now, you might recognize a bunch of finishing moves. Ooh. You know that, okay, he's one of the, he's Ooh. part of, he's one of the many Simonans. He's an NY. Um, he began his wrestling career in what federation? The AWA, I was shocked to discover, from 1984 to 1992. Well, you're that big and you're from that family. It's probably just like, yeah, get in the ring right goddamn now. Yeah, get, he's, he's fucking awesome. Like, great so jobs, fast. great moves, amazing, like, kicks. Can do so much. Was incredible. The fact he could do a kick is insane. The fact he can do a kick, the fact that the bumps he took, the amount of jeopardy they put him in, he debuted as the great Coquinho. Uh, uh, really uh, good accent. Uh, the great Coquina, uh, after wrestling briefly in Japan, according to the AWA, which means he never has been to Japan. I- <laughs> <laughs> uh, he made a one-time appearance for the Jim Crockett promotions in 1987, facing Ron Simmons at a house show, and then debuted at the AWA as Coquino Maximus. Um, uh, as part of the Samoan superstar invasion managed by Sheik Adnan El Kassi. He was responsible for the breaking of Greg Gagne's leg and ending his career, which is a big push for the AWA, which then closed in 1992. He was brought into the Fed along with uh, the Samoans. The Samoans uh, debuted as the head shrinkers and were alluding to having a larger enforcer that would have been Coquinho. Um... But they made the better decision. But they made the better decision to make him debut as Yokozuna. He wrestled one match against a jobber who has the most jobber name ever, Ron Neal. (laughs) 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 I knew you'd like it. Um, He was managed by Mr. Fuji and uh, debuted in October the 31st, 1992 edition of Superstars, waving a Japanese flag. He made his official debut. Isn't it weird, though, that... Isn't it weird that the... Basically, one of the head shrinkers took his, and I'm so sorry that that's actually that's like when I talk about American football and I have to say Redskins. I'm so sorry the head shrinkers is the real name of that tag team. Oh yeah, but one of the head shrinkers just like took his gimmick straight. Yeah, well, while he was still alive too. Uh, yeah, he was a little bit still alive. Yeah, he basically yeah. like Yokozuna. If Yokozuna would have been, uh, it sounds weird, but he would have been great and too cool. <laughs> oh my god, Yokozuna during the Attitude Era, do you know how many things they would have claimed he fucked and ate? It, like, it would have just been, yeah, it would have just been Mark Henry and him, like... Oh my god. It would have just been, yeah. Yokozuna has a small penis. Like, that would have been the entire, that would have been a year and a half. He, he would have been enforced, with Kai and Tai. He would have been the enforcer for Kai and They would have been like, what happened to Funuaki? Yokozuna ate him. And then there would be an half hour of Vince McMahon laughing at you on TV. He, he would have been brought in back after that is when PMS debuted and they had meat. He would have been the other meat that Jacqueline fucked. Because <laughs> Vince loves it. Because Vince, Vince doesn't believe that black people are real. so they don't <laughs> He believes they're just made up. He's like, what? No, no. The Attitude Era divas were great because they were just such high butts. If you watch <laughs> any Attitude Era, they had such high 80s butts. High 80s butts, and a lot of like literally, it feels like they came up with that idea, like as they were walking out the curtain, just like, What are we going? At? Your name is Trish Stratus, and you're wearing a hat. Shut up, <laughs> put this hat on, it'll accentuate jokes. Yeah, you're um, someone pointed this out, but through all the we'll get back to the thing I tried to start on in a bit, but throughout the attitude era, Vince is really into the like office girl look. 
which yeah. is a creepy observation I didn't like. It was also very much pointed out that uh, the reason, one of the reasons for Sable's initial push was because Vince McMahon was like, "Look at her." Vince McMahon's <laughs> apparently this is in like three different shoot interviews. Jim Cornette continually brings it up, which he's like, "We wasted three hours in the run up to the Montreal screw job." Because Vince McMahon <laughs> was talking about get, trying to figure out how to get Sable into white panties on the USA Network. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Keep in mind, this is what led to one of the most defining moments for his company and his business career. And he sat by his pool going, now listen, white panties. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, though, and I'm so sorry about this, uh, there's a uh, Nash interview where he talks about this, where he says uh, that... Anything they put on, anything they put on Nitro, Sable would beat it. Yeah. It'd be like Goldberg versus <laughs> literally George Foreman. I thought Goldberg Foreman was the one thing. It was Goldberg and Sable. No, why George Foreman's a draw. <laughs> yeah, why is George Foreman facing Goldberg? I wanted to say something outside of Nash versus Goldberg or something. Because uh, I thought it was Goldberg and Sable were the two things that always guaranteed channel flipping. Yeah. And they both things were gone very quickly. Goldberg wrestling Sable. Huge match. You know that they have definitely pitched that. That could have happened. <laughs> Goldberg Spears. Yeah, you sued us for sexual harassment. Welcome back to the company. Goldberg Spears, you for real <laughs> with knife shoulders. <laughs> you die. Is this legal? Shut up. Shut your damn mouth. I uh, want to talk about how they used to use the Royal Rumble, which was a way to debut one wrestler. No, let's talk about Yokozuna also because we. This is something. No, but Yokozuna squash is- matches. Oh, what he did to Hacksaw Jim Duggan was a mugging. I remember watching great. that as a kid, and it was frightening. He beat the fuck out of him, yeah. and then he laid the American flag over him, and he bonsai dropped him three times, and then just sat on him looking at the camera. And Yoko would do the thing where he wouldn't... He would do... He was great. It sounds weird to say, but he was really good at... The bonsai drop, because sometimes he would just fucking lay that thing in. Yeah, he would like he, like he would just like free fall, but he would free fall, but hit his heels first to take a bit of the impact on, then shoot his heels out, so it looked like he just straight sat on him. It looked amazing for what it was, which was just sit on man. Yeah, but it was but it was a great move because there was the he would always he would sit and he would rock up a mm-hmm. couple times. And as a kid, you're like, oh, no, the guy is going to die. Or that he would die. And also the simple fact of you would ne- I had never seen someone use the turnbuckle ropes in that way. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, you have to place that me and John are watching as a seven-year-old. So if there's any grown-ups who watched it during this time, maybe you found him stupid. But, um, he was but it was like terrifying. a movie where you're like, holy shit, this guy, this is like... How a, this is how a fight would really go. And also someone will get knocked down and then sat on. Well, that's uh, okay. But we also need to then quickly get to. That's why I wanted to bring up the Royal Rumble first. That Royal Rumble is spectacular. It's the only time they because they used the Royal Rumble really good at this point to put over Ric Flair to show you Ric Flair's style and how good he was. Well, this is like the start of the Royal Rumble being what it is now. This is which the, sounds his, silly because like. The Royal Rumble. Ten years ago, this is what like the money in the bank. You know what I mean? This is sort of yeah. The Royal Rumble at this point um, is the first Royal Rumble where winner gets title shot at WrestleMania. It's crazy that it took them. They started having the Rumbles in like late eighties, eighty eight, and it took them until ninety three, so five years to figure out this is a perfect way to tell this year long story, build towards WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Yokozuna's in it. 
He's been relatively he's midway, I think. And when he comes in, he just bullies people. He throws a bunch of people out of the ring by their hair. Just really vicious throws. And then him and uh, Macho Man Randy Savage have an amazing, very cool-looking sort of back and forth over who's going to put who out. Yeah. Macho Man then does... It's a really bad ending, and I could see what they were trying to go for, but it didn't work, which is Macho Man... He goes for a pin, and then Yoko throws him out. He gives him the big elbow. What was obviously supposed to happen was he was supposed to land from the big elbow in a way that he could push him out, and then Macho. But instead, Macho has to go for a pin to position himself properly for. Yeah, him. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that's obviously what they were trying to go for. Because it would be good if, yeah, if he went for a splash and then just threw him out. Or yeah, something he like was definitely. He, he, there's no way Macho Man Randy Savage, who is so meticulous of a planner, yeah, would have allowed that to be the actual finish. It was obviously a mistake that he then had to correct in the ring, and it looks so bad. Yeah, it looks. So, it made him look so stupid. But, um, but the thing, the interesting thing about Yoko uh, that I want to say is like, if you look at his move set, uh, I just want to get this out before he does. Uh, he does super kick, which obviously now everyone does super kicks. Um, made like famous by Dolph Ziggler. This is a six hundred pound man. Yeah, like he did the super kick before Michaels made Sweet Chin Music his finisher. Yeah, he was doing the super kick when Michaels' finisher was still the small package. <laughs> no, it was the backslide. If you ever played any old oh, WWF Raw, it was like a ba- it was like yeah, it was like a high crotch takeover. <laughs> like, um, but then obviously he did the rock bottom too. Did he really? Yeah, he did the rock bottom. Oh, I didn't know he did the rock. He did bottom. rock bottom, and he did uh, the. Um, I know he did. Bo- the- I guess what the boss man slam is. So yeah. like, he had like, if you think about, because like, we talked about Taz, how like every one of his moves is a finisher. Yoko had like three or four finishers in his move set. He was very devastating, and the way, the way his weight, and anytime he does a slam, he basically just falls and it shatters the ring. So everything looks, everything looks like it all. Like if you watch a Yoko match, a it all stands up. It's also because also the size of him, it helps with wherever you put the camera, the guy disappears. So he's absorbing a lot of the weight onto parts of his body that are soft and can take it. So the other person doesn't really get it. He also gets put over because he goes from there to WrestleMania 9. Yeah. He beats fucking Bret Hart, then loses to Hogan right after in the worst WrestleMania close ever. So yeah. bad. Do you know that Vince McMahon ran to the ring crying? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Hogan after he that? was like, oh we're back. God. Because you have to understand that this is literally just after the steroids. But then he beats Hulk Hogan. Well, wait. Well, you Do you know the story behind... You've read Bret Hart's book of what was supposed to happen. No, tell. So what was supposed <laughs> to happen was it was supposed to be Hogan wins that belt. And then at SummerSlam, it's supposed to be Hogan-Bret with Bret winning. Yeah. And like Ultimate Warrior Switch, but... They're onto it now. They're aware that the reason why they put bread in, and I did a lot of research on this because I was like, I wonder if this is true reading it in the book. And everyone thinks it is, including Meltzer. More importantly, they did a photo shoot for it. Wow. Where there's the tug of war over the belt. And part of it, a lot of sort of insider smarky people think is because Brett is old school enough to know that how to handle Hogan's sort of showboating tricks and stuff like that. And yeah. it was also much smaller stature, so he'll get sympathy from the audience. And was getting so much fan mail. He was getting more fan mail than anyone else on the roster yeah. for no push. So they're like, if we push this guy, this will be amazing. They're gearing towards that at SummerSlam. Building towards King of the Ring, which was it was going to be... Hogan was going to um, like schmoz narrowly escape beating uh, Yokozuna. And then yeah. Yokozuna would go into a program with Lex Luger. 
instead, uh, and then Hogan keeps the belt, but like barely. Uh, Brett wins the King of the Ring. King of the Ring um, gets title shot, title shot at uh, SummerSlam. Brett wins. As they're building towards that, Hogan actually goes, oh no, I don't want to do that. I got this office for the show Thunder in Paradise, which was about a boat that was a robot that he drove and that I've seen every episode for and is awesome. Uh, the Giant Gonzalez is a bad guy in it, as is Sting. It's the best. Also, um, so he just goes, nope, not going to do it. He's also too small. Goes around telling some people, like, I can't lose to a guy that small. What will people think of me? It's a bad idea. I've also got this offer from, like, other companies i can't i can't be going somewhere else like he was already talking to wcw at that point yeah protecting his image doesn't do it loses to yokozuna at king of the ring in one of the craziest finishes ever they have all these fake journalists from japan who are covering because oh, their yeah. sumo wrestling champion is is and then one of them yeah and then the fucking one of them dressed up the as harvey whippleman gets up on the ring apron yeah and shoots a fireball at Hulk Hogan's <laughs> face. Yeah, and it's not like a gimmicked one. It's like a stream of fire. You can find it online. It's crazy. Back when they would just be like, fireballs. Like, remember fireballs? I love them. There's like, occasionally, like, because the, the way they would use fireballs, they would never use it. Like, The Undertaker wouldn't shoot fireballs. Papa Shango wouldn't shoot fireballs. It would just be like... All of a sudden, Magnum TA can summon fire. Jerry the King Lawler would yeah. shoot fireballs. Jim yeah. Cornette would shoot fireballs. It was just this old school thing where it was like, and now he does fire. I looked up how they do it, and it's actually really, really simple. The way that it always gets fucked up is that you use a bunch of bunch of flash paper, yeah. and what people always do is they move their hands, and what you have to do is light it and then just open your hands near the guy. You can't move your hands because it's lighter. It's really, really light. And so the movement will put the fire out. Mm-hmm. So you basically just have to have it in your hands, light it, and close your hands around it, then open and whoosh. Jesus. Yeah. I always just figured it was lighter and axe body spray like we used to do. <laughs> no, man. it's not. They're not just blue angeling each other. <laughs> as but, much as I wish that were true. But Yoko's a very interesting character because in, in the long run, he does have a very short run. But... He, but his run is like very, very effective because it's. Uh, you think about the casket match with the Undertaker. He was the first guy to have two managers. Not the first guy, but like he was the guy who was like this guy. And having two managers is, I think, really effective because you're like, okay, well, this guy's so good, he needs two managers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, of course, he needs two advisors. Look how fucking great this guy is. And he's. It's just a. It's just. A, they don't have any fat guy wrestlers anymore, and I think that's a big mistake. Like, they've really put an accent on work rate to a point. I mean, obviously it's great, but you need you need f- just big tubs of shit sometimes to squash people. Absolutely. Like Yoko can't have a thirty minute match. Nor should. Nor do I want to watch him have a thirty minute match. He's ten minutes. Boom. He's a perfect heel monster champion yeah and he was another guy who like sometimes when when they would do the oh no one can brock knock brock lesnar off his feet when brock first came in job bro yeah uh but like you like yeah people can knock this guy off his feet like he's huge but like he he's not that stable whereas yoko was like yeah how does anyone hurt this guy 
you know, and carefully. Just anything <laughs> would, anything would, anything to do with lifting any part of his body would put. I remember when Bret Hart put him in the sharpshooter. I was like, that's insane. How is, how is he they picking had to up his- that? Because he had really dainty, tiny legs. Really? Yeah, they had to practice it. It's in Bret Hart's. Have you read Bret Hart's? Bret Hart's book is fascinating. I read it a while ago. Yeah, they talk about that. He had to practice figuring out how to do it and where to position his body and stuff like that. You know what we're going to position our bodies to do? Take a break. Take a quick break. Hello, this is Dylan God and John Hastings. And sorry to interrupt Dylan God and John Hastings from talking about wrestling. But right now we need to ask you to rate, subscribe, and review the wrestler review on itunes it really helps us out we do this podcast for free we have we've been so lazy we haven't even set up one of those paypal things not only that we won't set up paypal things because wrestling fans have integrity and no money and no money no fucking Mm -hmm. money but what we do have is uh existence on this plane so please let us know that you're out there email us at wrestlerreview at gmail.com like us on twitter the wrestler review follow us on instagram at Wrestler Review on Twitter and Instagram. And um, now back to an episode that's going incredibly well. We're back. From the break. You're black. <laughs> I went louder than a heart attack coming at you straight from Jump Street. All right. Yokozuna, I think, really hits his fucking stride when he gets that championship from Hogan. That is the Yoko Golden Age. Yeah. Where he's just a fucking rock. Because, But this is the difference between... How they do a guy like Yoko versus how they do a guy like Umaga. Because if you like, if you look at Umaga, basically the same build as Yoko, um, where monster guy, you know, old school monster character. Yeah. This guy, we found him in the woods. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. He was ask no questions. He was just eating mangoes, and then we found him, and he's a murderer. But obviously, the difference between him and Umaga is Umaga just faces Cena and loses. But like, this is. The flux the company was under allowed a guy like Yoko to have legitimacy because at that time, not everyone won the world title. So when Yoko won the world title and had to run with it, even as you move him down the card and you can make him like a 1A guy, like a co-main mm-hmm. event guy, people believe in every situation he could win. At least I did as a kid, believed in every situation he could win. They also use the Andre gimmick where Yoko's not scared of anything, but he is scared of caskets in the Undertaker ma- casket match, right? Yeah, he's very he's, he's claustrophobic. They make him claustrophobic. Yeah, exactly. And but that again, that build of the Undertaker, that whole thing where it's like he's this big fucking bully guy. Does he? Um, he's the guy that put Undertaker out for almost a year. Yeah, he's the guy that buried the Undertaker alive. No, he's the guy that a bunch of heel wrestlers come out and attack the Undertaker as well and throw him in the casket. And but then, still, you still like. I mean, as a kid, I was like. Yoko Suda did this. <laughs> yeah, it's well, it's a very diabolical. They really get over the fact that Mr. Fuji is this mastermind. They do this brilliant thing where they put then an American interpreter being Jim Cornette with him, which yeah. is just like, fuck me sideways is that fucking weird and evil. <laughs> did he have Cornette, Whippleman, and Mr. Fuji? Never had Whippleman. Whippleman was managing Bertha Faye at the time. That's why you're confused because they're both fat, sexy bitches. Yeah. He would also come up with, with geishas and, and Yeah, he would come up with geishas so and people perfect. would give him roses. It was just a really full, interesting gimmick. They built up the fact that people are almost going to beat him and never really did. And in a way that kind of worked like fucking um, Lex Luger knocks him out of the ring and he's so fat, he's knocked out and they can't roll him back in the ring. Yeah. Which is kind of great. 
they weirdly still celebrate like Lex One, which was really fucked. Well, they were. That's what they did with Luger, right? They always had him like beat people, but not really beat. Well, them. he was supposed to win the title, but then he was bragging about it in the bar, and the entire locker room all went like, "Nah, fuck this guy." So weird, man. Not really. They just didn't like his dumb face. Because they do the the Lex Express thing where he's going around in his own bus being like, Oh, God. Don't you guys love America? Everyone knows I got an eagle and my dick is uncut. We'll do a Lex Luger episode because there is a song that just needs to be heard with relation to Lex What, the Lex Express song? Yeah, I'll, I'll Be Your Hero. Oh, God. So good. But he slams Yoko on the U.S. Intrepid. Oh, it's so fucking American. He lands in a fucking helicopter. By the way, the U.S. Intrepid, I've been... Doesn't take off the fanny pack. Oh, my God. Yeah, what was fucking wrestlers and fanny packs? And cowboy boots and mom jeans. (laughs) They're just terrible at dressing. Okay, we talked about Brock Lesnar uh, like a while ago, but uh, Yokozuna... Short, uh, short was third shortest time to win the uh, championship after his debut. One hundred and seventy-three days. Who's first is Brock? Yeah, Brock and Flair. Brock Flair, Yoko, Yoko. I mean, yeah, give them the title. Yeah, give the fat man the fucking belt and make sure he doesn't eat it. And it's really good because it's actually you he moves the really well, that. and he like like kind of oddly enough, I guess. Talking about this about you could talk about his in ring style in the vein of Jake the Snake, where it's like he moves really slowly, mm. but then he has explosive movements. Like, I mean, you can't say enough if you if you haven't seen it. Like, and this is such a small thing, but watch a Yokozuna match where he hits that sidekick, and he's so good with the sidekick. Um, by the way, you're a fucking idiot. It's the fourth oh, shortest. I'm so sorry. Fourth shortest time. It's Flair Sheamus. 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 Jesus Christ. <sighs> Seamus was great. No, he wasn't. Hey, man. Seamus could have... fucking awful. Seamus could have been something. Yeah, he could have been... the po- He could have been the fucking piece of fish that fucking Yokozuna leaves by a potato. <laughs> I'm getting an extra big casket ready for Yokozuna. Oh, my God. Okay, so... And then they build up, so they, he defeats Lex, he defeats The Undertaker. At that Royal Rumble, they do the, both people move, go over the top rope and land at the exact same time, which is so crazy that they timed that. Also, isn't it oddly a babyface thing for Yoko? Oh, no, because that's obviously Brett has to, everyone in that has to wrestle twice. Yeah, everyone had to wrestle twice. Yeah, because Brett wrestles Owen. And loses, which is crazy. Yeah, oh, Brett's fucking great. It's a great man. He demanded his brother and him uh, open, open, and that his brother win because Vince was like, and it was one of the greatest. Oh my god, that match is so fucking fun to watch. Oh god. Well, I mean, if you're watching that, I mean, if you're watching that as like a, it's weird because if I was watching that now, knowing what I do know about wrestling and just knowing the patterns, not I'm saying not as a, a schmerk, but like just knowing we're schmerky. The patterns of storytelling, mm. you would think like, okay, he lost to Owen. He's going to win in the main event against yeah. either Yoko or Lex. But, I mean, like, great. Like, well, great. Like, like for me, it sounds weird, but for anyone who is like in our position now watching that WrestleMania, 
you're shocked at the Owen win, but WrestleMania is now over because you kind of know Brett's going to win. Yeah, it's also, but you're... But, like, as a kid, amazing storytelling. Like, holy shit, Owen Hart. Yeah, it's... Is, is Owen Hart awesome now? Like, like, it's imagine... Yeah, it put Owen all over fucking huge. And later on, one of the, I think, more underrated tag teams of all time, him and uh, Yoko. Uh, Owen and oh, yeah. Owen and Yoko were fucking so awesome. good, like sniveling little dick. Well, how like, he protected by big fat. How guy. he debut deb- debuts? Oh, there fuck. you go. No, 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 no. Run with it. That's how you talk now. <laughs> how he debuts is his mystery partner against yeah. the smoking guns. By the way, the smoking guns were Magnum TA times two times two in terrible jackets. Oh my god, the the smoking guns, Billy. And also, I will we'll say gun. this on a on a on a later episode, I'm sure. But New Age Outlaws, one of the oddly smarter tag team names in the world. Yeah, Billy Gunn and Jesse James, the Outlaws, Laws. New Age, because they uh, say fuck a bunch. Yeah, the, I, that's that's why that was so brilliant. I think about that all the time, and I think. Good job, guys. Yeah. Oh, well played. Well played, pill addicts. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, this muscular guy is going to protect this coat. Yeah. Maybe you, me. Maybe you guys it's shouldn't like take so much fentanyl. Anyway, um, uh, maybe I should stop saying anyway, um, like the no. fifth time I fucking <laughs> but say But uh, yeah, I guess this cuts, so how you up, this cuts our, uh, our New Age Outlaws episode from the... From the at the knees, but one of the... I, I'd say more endearing stories of... Uh, that I've ever heard in wrestling is when the Outlaws win the tag titles and they beat the Road Warriors for it. And then <laughs> Road Dog just goes like, yeah, man, we were marking out. We were just like, we had the belts around our waist at the airport going like, going to need to check these in the metal detector because we're the champs. Who do we <laughs> beat? The goddamn Road Warriors. Like, Not only did they beat the Road Warriors, they shaved their heads in the ring. Oh, they beat the shit out of them, yeah. I remember that being like, what the fuck has happened? It's a really good example of going all the way with someone. Like, and it working. And you only need to do it for a year. And that's what they did with Yoko, where it's like, Yoko could job out. If a guy wins four matches and loses the last one, then he's still strong and the other guys won. But Yokozuna is a very specific example because Yokozuna physically, you just look like, and you look at him in the ring, this guy is going to fuck shit up. Yeah. The fact he never talked. He never talked. And it's a great example of he didn't never needed to talk. Until his later until they turned him face, which was just a fucking But did he even he just would say like gonna get you Vader. Like he never really so, talked. Yokozuna and then it's like when he turned face it was funny because they like oddly robbed him of everything not that made him special, but like because doesn't he isn't doesn't have a manager? No, it's Mister Fuji, but it's not. It's it gets turned face and fights Vader. But at that point, he was so heavy, he was unhealthy. He was yeah. six hundred pounds. Yeah, was like there's some people who can't get out of their fucking house at six hundred pounds. And Yoko could still fucking throw a leg. You can throw a leg. He's getting up on those ropes. Bonsai hey guys, rope. hey bedridden people on TLC. Why don't you guys uh, clue he, into Yoko? He's the he's champ. Working. He's the champ. He's wearing a king-sized, two king-sized bedding full <laughs> full mattresses as a coat, and he's out there. He went to, like, cause, like, the stories of him, like, he'd go to fat camp and break out, like, <laughs> like he'd just leave all the he'd time. He'd break out? He'd just like, no, not, not doing this. 
Do you think they saw Yokozuna at Fat Camp and wrote the movie Heavyweights? No, I think he's an uncredited screenwriter on the movie Heavyweights. <laughs> I don't want to do this. Yeah, I'm fat. You're gay. But the thing is about, uh, <laughs> but the thing is about uh, fat guys. You can do great fat guy versus fat guy matches. Hence him versus Vader, which should have been the best, but wasn't. They d- never got to him versus Mark Henry. The fact that they never put him and Bastion Booger together, which really bugged the shit out of me. No, you can't have him and Bastion Booger. Like the the all right, he, this guy is from Japan. He's a sumo champion. His theme song is really slow. He comes out to the ring. Look at the size of Yokozuna. They do the whole camera pan up thing. Gage has come out with him, give him flowers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Fuji slowly takes <laughs> off his robe, and he like he would do the the sumo th- thing mm. before like the sumo pre-match thing, yeah, yeah, yeah the leg up leg down and then plant on both fists yeah and before then he- looking at a jobber and then you look at and then they pan the jobber who looks look fucking terrified versus the guy who comes to the ring and with his theme songs farting and belching and then he steals a bunch of cheeseburgers from the <laughs> crowd like that doesn't yeah but you could do fat guy versus fat guy but the thing is like Bastion Booger's gimmick was that he was a fat loser asshole slob, whereas Yokozuna's was like, this guy's fat, yeah, but it serves a purpose. Like, Wait, he knows that? how to use it. Was Bastion Booger's theme song burping and farting? Yeah. It was just like, it was like the button they had in uh, Grand Theft Auto, the first one, where you would kill a guy and just like, my favorite change.org thing I've ever seen is bring back belching and farting in Grand Theft Auto. Signed that one. Very well done. Made by your friend Bryn, who got obsessed with change.org petitions. I've done a lot of change.org. Get Bryn Potty to fucking fight me, bro. And then you enter. Because the thing about if you guys do this, if you have a petition on change.org and you set an email, every time someone signs the change the signs it signs the petition the person gets an email oh no and you can choose what the email said so mine said fuck you bud and then my <laughs> friend got like 50 emails that said fuck you to his inbox <laughs> so good uh by the way if anyone wants to make a change.org p- uh petition could you guys make a change.org petition uh to get the hosts of the wrestler review uh invited uh front row seats wrestlemania 33 yeah, paid for by the Fed. The reason is, is that uh, we're not gay, and you guys are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Get me a real blowjob <laughs> from Gerald Blis- Briscoe. Um, Gerald, they signed a lot of it. Uh, num, 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 let's go num, back num, quickly num, to num, the num, tag. Num, 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 num. <laughs> the tag team of Owen and Yokozuna was fucking awesome. Yeah, um, I he think was it was an amazing dynamic. The best debut. Ever and I love doing this. Is how to make a new tag team is that Owen Hart just went around just saying I'm gonna be the chick. Like fuck me was Owen a great just sniveling asshole heel. I loved Owen. He was my favorite wrestler as a kid. I fucking loved him. Really, you loved Owen Hart? I loved. I don't know what it was about him. I just thought I, I liked watching him. Actually, I know what it was. I really liked watching him wrestle. He was a really watchable performer. With Owen, I never felt like they. <laughs> it was just like they're brothers, and I was like, no, they're not. They don't look alike whatsoever. They do he was weirdly. A very perfect, shitty brother. Like Brett is clearly like the co- the cool brother, and Owen's very clearly the the like, baby. Yeah. I'm the yeah, he's, yeah. he's the youngest one. His fucking kids named Oge. <laughs> His wife has so much money now. Really? 
an undisclosed amount of money. This is how much of a bag of shit most of the Hart's fucking kids are. Mm-hmm. That woman got a bunch of money from the Fed, like millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. She will and her kids will never have to need for anything ever. And in the book, it's basically said by Brett, like, oh, yeah, she stopped talking to us because all of my sisters kept calling her demanding money. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, they're just terrible people. Like that, what the fuck is that uh, Teddy, that Teddy Hart, he came out of literally somewhere. Like he's not like he's an aberration. Just a weed smoking cat wrangler. <laughs> um, I think let's uh, move on to best thing about Yokozuna. Mine, I'm going to say it, uh, best finishing move to match with appearance I've ever seen. That's really interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I totally agree. Because you can also do it in any situation. I don't understand why no one like here's here's a really mark of a. No one else finisher. could do it. No one else could. You that, couldn't get Jack Swagger. Andre even doing the, the Giant did it. Like I think he did the the version of it before. He back ago. him into the corner. I, he didn't fucking. He couldn't go off Drag the rope. Drag the guy into the corner too. Like he never. Yoko never like. There was never a transition, and then oh, he did it. It was yeah. always like, "Holy shit, this match is over." Yeah, like, like you could never, pin him he now. Never, he did it to everybody, and everybody was pinned without anyone, without any um, what do you call that? Uh, I can't believe I'm forgetting a word. Every single person he wrestled, who he went for the bonsai drop on, he hit it, and it was a pin in the exact same way until Bret Hart. I don't even think fucking. And the way he, and Bret Hart he didn't lost. E- and Bret Hart didn't even fucking kick out of it. No, but Bret Hart like he went for the bonsai drop. Bret f- switched it into a pin, wins the title. Yeah, like uh, it was a fluke. Yeah, even like and that was the thing. The, the way they the way they sold Yoko his uh, like downturn was basically that he got too fat, which is because then. Even you're like watching it, you're like, oh, if Yoko would just get back in the gym, oddly enough. It's weird to say that about a guy who was 660 pounds from 560. Like, he gained 100 pounds yeah. in two years. Uh, but you just look at him and be like, there's a reason why he's not excellent anymore. Um, and his face turned like, uh, I guess I'll go. I'll, oddly, I'll do worst thing. Uh, the worst thing. I just want to quickly point out no one ever uh, was able to kick out of the bonsai drop. The only time was. The Undertaker got up from it, but Yoko was not attempting a pin. I yeah. Want, I just wanted to look at That's that. the Undertaker, though. Yeah. You and that was in right the height of Undertaker zombie time. Yeah, of um, course. Oh, there's a botch bonsai. Oh, we'll watch that after. The botch bonsai? Oh, is that that's the fucking... Uh, is that the one where he caved in the dude's chest or the Austin one? Because the Austin one where he breaks the ropes and Austin just pins him. But Austin was a heel. Um, I'm going to go worst thing about Yoko because I wanted to talk about this before the... Oh, God damn it. Okay, you can't do that on an audio podcast. Oh, he caved his chest in. That's what that was. Yeah, well, he did that to a jobber, right? Yeah. Yeah, he fucked it up on a jobber. Um, and he was really good at protecting people, too. He was a very, very good worker. But my worst thing about Yokozuna is, I mean, this is very obvious, but the weight gain in Neckbeard Yoko. Uh, neckbeard Yoko, when it was just like... He was just, he went from, like, this guy where you could be like, yeah, he's super fat, but, like, look how, like, together everything is. Like, he, mm. the fats, that's the difference between, like, a slob character and whatever. The fat serves a purpose almost. You're like, oh, he's fat because it helps his moveset, because blah, blah, blah. And then once, and then once he, like, starts liking America <laughs> and, uh, and 
has the shitty neck beard and whatever. You're just like, oh, Yokozuna is like a fat slob now. Like, it's different between being overweight and being just like a fat slob. It seemed like, yeah, it seemed like there was a whole reason he was fat and kayfabe, but then I was just completely lost after a bit. Um, and then he wrestles Vader, obviously. They go back and forth a bit, but Vader, and that's the proper decision. Like, you have to do that. I mean, if you're redoing it, you obviously have Vader come in and beat some other fucking loser, beat up well done at both at the same time or whatever. Yeah, or put them time. together in a tag team and call them Heavy Duty. Chunks Ahoy. <laughs> <laughs> Get that Cadbury sponsorship. You know what I mean? What's your worst thing about Yokozuna? I was going to say the time he got a neck beard because fat guys should not get neck beards because it's like neon no, signs for their folds. No, they should. Neck beards are the savior of fat guy. No, but the Otherwise way you have your beard is perfect maybe. because you're already a handsome boy. Mm-hmm. And continue. <laughs> and your beard makes you look like a sweetie rugged boy. Mm, rugged. Oh, well, I'm going to build a cabin and who wants to the kiss woods me by the fire? Fuck you and you won't want it. Um, worst thing I would say is like he just got so fat. Self-controlled. Be- yeah, self-controlled. Best thing about him became the worst thing about him. Yeah. Because he's from this family... The Samoan family where you look up and down that family and it's weird to say, find me a bad wrestler. Like Roman Reigns is Head the least. great. Roman's great. Roman Reigns. Sorry, guys. Sorry, smart marks. Great. He's, uh, he's great. They're all he's great. Not, They're all fucking super athletic. Roman Reigns is the least good of, and that's like he's an eight instead of a nine. Exactly. Yeah. In the ring. Like you could say whatever, like... The Rock is by far the most charismatic person in that family, but yeah. everyone's so fucking But he was good. also raised by a soulful, funky black man. <laughs> he was raised Johnson. by Afa, who was probably just like, why are you talking? And I was like, um, I was saying hello to you, my father. Oh, are you my daughter now? <laughs> no, I'm your son. No, because women talk. You're breaking character. Now eat this coconut with no utensils. Yeah. Eat it shell first. God like, damn it. There's something about Samoans. Keep this in mind. Jimmy Snuka, who, let's be honest, later turned out to be an actual murderer. Num, num, num. Um, when a man covered it up, apparently. When Roddy it's Piper like, broke that coconut over his head. Yeah. Roddy Piper says that was the biggest regret of my career because I had to fight him in every hotel room, every hotel we would be staying at together if he saw me. We would just be in a fist fight. That's how crazy these people are as just a family. Kayfabe. Like, because, like, Haku has bitten a guy's nose off. But uh, Haku probably, I think, I think the thing was that Haku did that once, and, that, and then he was just, like, a cool guy. <laughs> uh, he was a really nice guy. The, the Afa and the, his tattoo and Sika, um, Near, had got have been arrested multiple times because they wouldn't break K Fabe and yeah. t- say that they spoke English. Yeah, um, like they're just fucking spectacular. Love wrestling. They're a great family. Yokozuna, I would say, is my favorite member of that family. Whoa, yeah, even over the Rock. Over the Rock, I like the Rock, but the Rock will always be the ultimate warrior to Stone Cold Steve Austin's Hulk Hogan for me. Like he'll always, he'll always no, be I, also I get that. Rand. But Yokozuna, there's something about Yokozuna is great. I think also Yokozuna is a great example of how you push a guy if you want to get someone over that the fans don't know that the Fed really should look at again is don't ever try and push him as a good guy. Pushing someone as a bad guy is a lot easier if you don't necessarily need the fans' acceptance. Yeah, exactly. Like if they were making Roman Reigns the bad guy right now, 
way easier, way more interesting. Or just push a guy, or just have a guy give him six months of give him six months of being fed jobbers, and then see how the crowd fucking reacts to them. I agree. And then just like kind of daddy like bring him in as no character. I guess I don't know. But yeah, uh, best thing about Yokozuna. Uh, I mean, there's so many things. I'll say agility. I'll say agility, uh, which is an odd thing. But like, if you look, it's at, not an odd thing at all. It's look spectacular. At, how look he moves. at viscera. Look at Big Daddy V. Look at stop Mabel. Me from looking at him. Oh. <laughs> look at him, and then look at his matches, and look at Yoko match, and just discover. Wh- and then there's a reason why they never put the title on Mabel, and they put it on. Can Yoko. I just say the amount of fat people that were in the, the in the nineties, and then now nobody. Yeah, no one's fat. You know why though? It's very clear why. They're just worried. Like they're worried about like people just fucking dying. Yeah, because. They dealt with Yokozuna, who was like, the doctor's report came back, too nah. much cake. He's dead by 34, Yoko. He's what? 34 years old when he dies. Jesus. Yeah, he died in 2000. Thirty. So in four years, you and I are dead. Yeah. If we're Yoko- so you literally- He's like one of the only things I've ever heard. He was... He was like uh, the way he ended his wrestling career was an athletic commission said you're too fat. Like yeah, I knew that. Like that's insane. Haystacks Calhoun was a wrestler, but even still, like he was, he was six hundred pounds when they were letting him wrestle, and they had to put him in tag matches. Yeah. Then they, he was still on contract. Like Vince wanted to bring him back. Of course he did, because he knew in the Attitude Era that guy would have been fucking money. You can't have him be Yokozuna in the Attitude Era. You can't have him be that character, but you could retool y- it. Y- you could retool because it Because Rikishi was Yokozuna. You can see how they would have brought him back because Rikishi was Yokozuna. Yeah. Rikishi had the, he did the super kick. He did the bonsai drop as his finisher. He even did the leg drop that Yoko used to do. It's just, and obviously he didn't, he did, like the stink. Yokozuna would have just been Rikishi. I yeah. know that sucks. It would have been like people like me watching him, like, oh, fuck, this fucking Yoko. I don't know. I think they could have brought him in as a heel. They could have brought him in as an enforcer. They could have done they something. They could have done him. a thousand things, but he would have been Rikishi. <laughs> like, he would have. That's fine. That would have been fine. As long as Yoko's alive and well i do love the stink face it's the mu- like it is the there's a juvenile part of me you listen to this show guys you know how many times i want to fart into the microphone mm-hmm. like oh you mean the pat patterson skid mark stink face that he does what's that pat patterson with skid marks on his underpants stink face yeah. people and then uh Jerry, Jerry, Jim Ross being like, uh, he's single, everybody, because he's gay. <laughs> Jim Ross didn't like that. Probably still doesn't. Um, he wasn't. He was dating the Brooklyn Brawler. How dare you? That's that's why Steve Lombardi's had a job for so many years. Is he was Pat Patterson's piece on the side, then Pat Patterson's <laughs> actual boyfriend committed suicide, oh. and then they were openly dating and still are. Oh, that's nice. Did you not know that? No. No, also, Pat Patterson and Vince, Vince McMahon will never consider Pat Patterson a close friend, apparently, because Pat Patterson smokes. <laughs> 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 Fucking weird, man. Evidently, this is the two things you can't do if you want Vince McMahon to respect you. Smoke cigarettes or sneeze. <laughs> Fucking weirdo. He's a fucking billionaire. Yeah, he will. I mean, you have that much control, and then obviously you go a bit nuts. All right, well, that's our Yokozuna episode. Thank I, you very much. Can for I listening. just conclude by saying, not if he's he's not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, because they can't introduce like they can't in, they can't induct like you could do an entire 
Hall of Fame class of just dead people. But you need someone there. He'll be in the Hall of Fame at some point. I think this year might be his fucking year because they're gonna. He might be the dead guy this year. Hopefully. I mean, I really hope so because that's the thing. You can do Yoko. You can do Yoko with a, a member of the Samoans inducting him. You know, like the Usos could induct Yoko. You could have Roman Reigns induct Yoko. I'm sure he's like his uncle or some shit. I wish, like, maybe let's close on this. Do you think, is there anything in sports that even begins to approach this dynasty as far as the NOIs and pro wrestling? No. Maybe, like, maybe Wayne Gretzky, in terms of his kids getting media attention for being... Having kids. the most personality combined with him having the least personality, like that's pretty record setting. I mean, just as, as athletic, like, as far as as the far Man- as Manning family, before. maybe in a few generations, if like Peyton and Eli, kids also win Super Bowls, also win Super Bowls, maybe. Yeah, that's insane. Because like the Sutters, there's the hockey family called the Sutters, and they all had they were all kind of shitty players, but they had like. Five or six, and then the stalls all have like five or six. But it's like the NOIs. It's also what's crazy. Is There's like, if you look at the NOI, we should just do. We should do. We could probably do an entire hour long episode. Just, where no, let's just do it quickly now. And just list off who's in the NOI wrestling family because it's fucking bananas. Okay, cool. Uh, pause. All right, here is the fucking Uzo family tree. Just fucking at the very top is. Uh, Peter Maivia. You can just say, all right, so there's uh, Peter Maivia, Afa, Sika, Jamal, and Rosie, or Umaga is uh, Jamal. Um, and then you get the Tonga Kid, Yokozuna, Roman Reigns. <laughs> Roman Reigns, Jesus Christ. This is insane. Uh, the Rock, obviously. Rikishi. Rikishi. Uh, the Usos. Yeah. Naomi. Naomi. <laughs> <laughs> L.A. Smooth. Alpha Jr. Alpha Jr. Samu. I don't know who that is. Samu and Fatu. The, he's the Ricky. Oh, oh, yeah. The other head, the other head shrinker. Um, L.A. Smooth, baby. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's but that so is many. eight. And by marriage is one. Way more. Yeah, by marriage. Because they will fuck you. And there's currently... Oh, God, there's so many. Oh, I fucking love... They will... Oh. If you want to get fucked, you find yourself a <laughs> Just feel the hips, really. Yeah. Are you Just re- hip power alone. The pr- are you ready to think, stand. well, that tub of lard is going to be soft? Incorrect. It's a bag of rocks. And I guess as of the airing of this, it hasn't happened yet, but maybe Mark Hunt is in the WWE now? <laughs> what? Oh, I'm assuming when he knocks out Lesnar <laughs> that Vince McMahon will be like, you're a head shrinker now. Yeah. <laughs> like, Mark Hunt, more like Hunt, the Super Samoan. What? Why are you the only Samoan that's never worked for me in the world? Yeah. Don't you know I secretly own that island? Well, I mean, all right. This was. Uh, we'll close on an actual thing that happened to our our mutual friend Ron. Is a very funny comedian, Ron Jostle. Yes, he um, is. He's Filipino, and when uh, he's a what would you say? Ron is a. He's trained in mixed martial arts. He's a big man. He's a big man. He's like 5'8". When he went to the Samoan, he went to Samoa for a vacation. Yeah. And when he was in the water, a 12-year-old just started, walked up to him and just started asking him about homework. Yeah. And he's like, what? And he's like, oh, sorry. 
sorry, I thought you were in my class. And then Ron was like, how old do you think I am? And then the kid went, 11. Yeah, <laughs> because everyone there is just so massive. massive. It's like, oh, a baby. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> oh, this five foot eight ripped guy must be a baby. <laughs> and the thing to remember about Ron is... Once Ron- you hit puberty, don't worry. You'll actually be big. Ron is one of those deceptive guys where he's literally the nicest man in the world. And you wouldn't know it to like from looking at his body. But you touch him and you're like, oh, God, you're strong. And, and good then, Lord, I want to touch him. And, uh, and also, I one time saw him grab a guy's arm in a way that was so... It made me uncomfortable, and he just walked the guy out of a bar. Yeah. In the way that, like, I sneezed. Just like, <laughs> ah. Well, for the rest of the review, I am Dylan Gott. And I am a not Dylan Gott. Oh, sake. And now my rendition of Yokozuna's theme song. Oh, in lieu of a Yokozuna promo, we're going to play uh, Mr. Fuji talking about Yokozuna. Oh, in lieu of a uh, Yokozuna promo, we're going to play that weird audio of the sketcher. Uh, for some reason, Mr. Fuji runs in a marathon. <laughs> Done. All right, New York City, it is the talk of the Big Apple, and it is the talk of the World Wrestling Federation live tomorrow. The World Wrestling Federation Stars and Stripes Challenge, a way to start your 4th of July with a slam. And it all happens aboard the USS Intrepid at 46th and the Hudson. The gates are going to open at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. Seven bucks, by the way. Tickets for adults with special discounts for kids, seniors, and Armed Forces members. Special $50 VIP tickets exclusively available through Ticketmaster. Also, stay tuned to WPLJ 95.5 for your chance to win free tickets to the Stars and Stripes Challenge. By the way, this is not going to be a day of Japan bashing. We, as Americans, are celebrating Independence Day. It's our birthday, and literally everybody throughout the land is getting involved in the Stars and Stripes Challenge. Americans that include the greater metropolitan Chevy dealers from Detroit, they're going to be awarding an all-American hero, the athlete who slams Yokozuna, a brand new red, white, and blue 1993 Chevrolet pickup. You know, there's going to be some great names from here in the New York City area. Former giant running back Joe Morris, a good one, is going to be there to try body slam Yokozuna. George Martin, another former giant. Guys from the Nets, from baseball, from hockey, professional athletes from throughout America. And the recipient of this, here's the man that opened his mouth, Mr. Fuji. You started this all when you said that Yokozuna and yourself would celebrate your winning the title at the King of the Ring by celebrating on the 4th of July, America's birthday. Very, very true. We figure America celebrates special independence day. So we celebrate victorious victory in King of the Ring with my Yokozuna defeated five times WWF champion Hulk Hogan. And now, my Yokozuna is champion. So we challenge, that's right, all your professional athletes to pick up my 550 pounds and try to slam them. You know, at the risk of sounding negative, Mr. Fuji, I'm taking a look at some of these names. Kenny Anderson from the Nets. Uh, Joey Smith from the Giants, yeah. Bill Fralick from the Detroit Lions. Yeah, very good. They've even got a jockey that weighs 108 pounds. <laughs> this could be quite an embarrassment for the two of you if this happens tomorrow on the USS Intrepid. No way, boy, son. Because in turn, American professional ethic will make big fool of themselves. <laughs> well, we're going to find out an eye for one, by the way. We'll be on hand tomorrow for the Stars and Stripes Challenge aboard the USS Intrepid 
And it all starts at 10 o'clock with the gates open. We'll see you at 46th in the Hudson tomorrow for this big one. Happy birthday.